Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Off the Shelf. So this week is the Halloween special. Now I've done it slightly differently this week. So I actually have two guests joining me and both have picked their favourite spooky read. I don't know in advance what they've chosen. So this will be just as much a surprise for you as it is for me. Firstly, we'll be hearing from Drew Reads in the Rain, who's a bookstagrammer, and I'll put a link to his Instagram in the show notes. Secondly, we'll be hearing from Jimmy Eats Books, who's also a bookstagrammer, and I'll also put the link to his uh, profile in the show notes. They are both very, very lovely, and I hope you enjoyed hearing from them. I loved chatting to them and hearing their unique perspectives on the books that they'd chosen. Uh, and without uh, final ado, happy Halloween. I hope you have a very uh, scary time listening to this. Yeah. There you go. Got it. So my first guest on the Halloween special of Off the Week is Drew Pugsley, which is a fabulous last name that we all need. Um, Drew is a bookstagrammer and he's based in America and here to tell him about himself better than I can, tell us about himself better than I can, sorry, is Drew. Hi, Drew. How are you? Great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Fun. Good. Thank you very much for coming on. I am in a very... Uh, we were just talking about the weather and we agreed it's very atmospheric so London's very dark already and it's still quite early in the day um <laughs> and you were saying you've got fog it is like I can't see more than usually so I have a view of the mountain of a lovely Mount Rainier from my office and today it is I mean I can't see the parking lot it's very dense fog which is perfect it, I mean this could be the start of a horror film the fog yeah, rolling no, off the I mountain mean, <laughs> anything could happen at this point so yeah I think that's right <laughs> Uh, so you're on uh, Bookstagram. So what kind of prompted you to set it up? Were you one of these people that um, read as a child or did you rediscover it when you were an adult? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I started my Bookstagram, I think it's been like almost two and a half years now or mm. so. Um, and it's, I don't know why, why I decided. To, I think I just kind of, I have always been a reader. My like mother and father and family members were all readers and so we always had books around and I read a lot as a kid and, um, and I think I read for the same reason now like it's a fun escape I can discover things that I never would have discovered and like mm. see perspectives that I don't that I don't experience in my life um, but I think I set up the Instagram or the bookstagram just as like a way to sort of express my I don't know to, I think talk to other people who have similar reading interests yeah sort of sounds like you find an outlet for my yeah you might have a similar reading. problem to me my friends were like please stop telling us about books so I was like, I've got to tell someone yeah. else <laughs> that's right yeah I mean it's nice to just have an outlet for that exactly and I find it really yeah I find it really interesting so Drew and I were talking before and Drew's day job is law and long-time listeners will know that my day job is law and I've had various people on in mm-hmm. in their various day jobs a lot of them do law and I find it really interesting mm-hmm. how prolific readers as children are funneled into law yeah yeah everyone always asks me like don't you get enough like reading at work and <laughs> the answer is no there's not enough reading at work a and b it's like it's so different it's such different reading although yeah, so when I was at law school I kind of stopped reading for pleasure because the study mm-hmm. of law this probably won't make sense to other lawyers so everyone who's listening just like talk amongst yourselves um the study of law is like reading legal textbooks 
but the day-to-day practice of law yeah. actually you're not really reading a textbook that much um so this is why I'm like actually this is not really the same but again non-lawyers that doesn't really make sense <laughs> yeah I didn't during law school and and undergrad well I obviously read for class during undergrad um and I'm starting to realize and sort of recognize the benefit of like an academically guided reading experience but during law school I did not read very much for pleasure at all and that was yeah exactly I mean, there's just not hours in, a in the ways. day yeah right no there's not no, there's not at all. So you've come on to tell us about your, uh, I've called it multiple things, Halloween book, scary story. So please tell sure. us which book you've chosen and why you've chosen it. And I'm, as you know, as we touched on, you do law for a living. So I'm expecting a well-reasoned argument. Oh, OK. I haven't like organized it very thoroughly yet, but maybe I can just do that outside my head. Yeah, I've learned that skill. Um, so I have chosen The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Um, I have chosen it for, I think, many reasons. I actually didn't read it. I read it for the first time last year. So I had already seen like the Netflix series, which is well, very one loosely. Of, yeah, one of my questions could be, have you seen Netflix series and did you like it? I did like it, but it is very loosely adapted. It, it is okay, not- so it's not faithful to the book. They, they have taken liberties, and I'm using air quotes right now for everyone who can't see. They, they have taken liberties with the story, which is fine. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like it for a lot of reasons. It's not traditionally sort of Halloween, um, but it's very kind of spooky and atmospheric. Um, there's a lot of sort of elements of Gothic literature, I think, which is first, first like the story. I mean, obviously a big thing in the story, which is consistent with the Netflix series, I guess, um, <laughs> which I'm getting absolutely no kickback from for like talking about it on the show just to be oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but um the, the house is like definitely a character um in the story or like a personality in the story um mm. it's sort of it's like it was intentionally built off kilter or off balance I think to sort of give the inhabitants of the house like an advantage over people who come in or I don't know and it's, it's so it's very gothic in that sense it's gothic in the sense that um it's disorienting the, the lead character whose name is Eleanor is um, sort of a classic kind of Shirley Jackson character. She's a kind of isolated woman mm -hmm. character whose life is kind of in flux and she comes to this house um, and is just kind of susceptible to its personality, which is very disorienting mm -hmm. and very gothic and um, well, I have to say, it's about I've, her kind of finding yeah go ahead yeah so while I've said I haven't read the book I've only seen the Netflix series and you're right even in the Netflix series the, the house is portrayed as having its own being its own mm. entity it's not like a, a a normal house with you know four walls in a room yeah. it has its own living breathing personality and such things that's really yeah the basic the basic like premise of the book is just there's a guy Dr. Montague who is a scientist um, and he note, decides note that for he, listeners that Drew just did air quotes on scientists. Again, yeah. Um, I mean, he so he he kind of like goes to the house and assembles this band of characters to prove that it's haunted, basically, to sort of to like provide a scientific validation or something mm -hmm. of the fact that the house is haunted and um, or is not. I don't know. To, to apply some scientific method to the concept of the theory that this happened. Mm -hmm. um, and so Eleanor is kind of the most susceptible because her life on the outside, I mean, I think he chooses characters who all kind of have 
to come to the house. There's there's three others. There's yeah. Eleanor. Well, there's four total. Eleanor and Theodora and Luke, and they all kind of come to the house at interesting times in their lives. And I think they've been chosen. Yeah. Forever. And I do you know what? That's now I think about it. That's actually really a common theme in some kind of spooky slash scary stories. Mm-hmm. The idea of science trying to measure. Um, you know can something be haunted like the whole science versus the supernatural and I'm thinking particularly of um I read Dracula when I was at school so it would have been the U.S. equivalent of high school um just before I started university and that I remember when they taught us that they made this big thing of it's the supernatural versus the modern Victorian society um Mm -hmm. there's like there's like trains and telegraphs and that was all the new innovation in those days yeah that's very kind of Victorian generally, right? Sort of the the, the triumph of reason or yeah. something like that over. Does, yeah, does reason right. triumph in this book? Would that be? No. I mean, I don't know that reason triumphs in this book. It's, I was reasonably pleased with, with the ending. <laughs> no, I mean, it, no, I, 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 the point of this book is not, and Shirley Jackson would never, um, you know, she's very, she does a lot of, so her, her novels include a lot of sort of themes of um, women, sort of isolated women characters. I've noticed the last, because I'm reading the rest of her books this year as well. Um, and she does that theme in general. And in general, the idea is just, it's kind of about finding your identity and becoming comfortable with sort of the different parts of your identity and the different parts of your personality. Mm. And I think the sort of haunted house, house with a big kind of scary personality concept fits that theme pretty well. Um, interesting no I again she's an author I've heard of but I've never read her work but I have heard of her being fairly prolific so The Haunting of Hill House is part of a series on Netflix and the next one is The Haunting of Bly Manor is that do you know if that's oh that's right you're right The Haunting of Bly Manor no that one is based on Turning of the Screw by um, Henry James yeah Yeah. Well, maybe so you should difference. be the host because maybe I should have known that in advance. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I haven't read that one. I haven't read Turning the Screw, but yeah, I have so, seen The Bly Manor as well. Yeah, <laughs> so if people haven't read any Shirley Jackson before, do you think The Haunting of Hill House is a good place to start? Yeah, I think so. Um, I really like The Haunting of Hill House. It's a little bit, you know, she it's a, she's more, she doesn't do the spooky as much in the other, in the other, her other novels, but her other novels all kind of include sort of like, the terror of domestic life kind of stories. Mm. She kind of, she grew up in a wealthy family in San Francisco and then moved to Vermont to with her husband and lived in this place where she was just in this middle class. She felt kind of really trapped in this middle class life where I think as a woman, she didn't feel like her gifts were appreciated um, and that she had the opportunity to sort of explore the world in the way that she wanted to. And I think she writes a lot about kind of the terror of domestic life and you know suburbia and things yeah. like that so there's yeah, the, a different the terror, kind of scary. the terror of waking up and being like i have a whole day of chores in front of me <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah or i'd like her first book her first novel length book was called the road through the wall i think and it's just about this gated community and they're knocking down one of the walls that protects the community and everyone's losing their minds about it yeah it's just sounds very step for wives yeah kind of it is a little bit it's kind how of interesting all right well mm-hmm. I mean, unless there's anything else you want to say, we'll, we'll uh, wrap this up. But thank you so much for coming on. It's been lovely to hear yeah. from you with your spooky pick. And that was a really good choice, yeah. actually. Yeah, it is. I love it. Everyone should read it. Thanks, Phoebe. I appreciate it.
<laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks, Drew. You're going to recommend um, right? Um, Press record. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so, um, right. Do you go? By, would you like me to call you Jimmy? Is you yeah, go sure. by Jimmy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because yeah, sometimes with book handles, with Instagram handles, you're like, is that your actual name, or did that just? Yeah, work? Sure. Hello. Um, my my name is like referring to obviously the band Jimmy World, so everyone yeah. asks me that. Like, no, no, it is Jimmy. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So. We've got another special guest on now to tell us about their favourite spooky season book. I've got Jimmy Eat Book with me. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Hi, not bad. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Now, Jimmy is one of the first people I met on Bookstagram. But more importantly, he's recently arranged a read along for The Woman in White by Wilkie Collins. And I have to say, it's a very hard book to read. I thought it'd be easier. It's one of the classics that's a bit difficult. Sure, sure. Well, he's a Wilkie Collins is a disciple of uh, uh, Charles Dickens who is notoriously quite uh, difficult <laughs> to read in some cases. I was going to uh, say wordy but yeah difficult words. Yes too. exactly yeah paper word as it as it was back then in the serialized novels but uh, yeah it's, it's definitely worth worth it uh, from the the other Wilkie Collins the only one that I've read um, so yeah hopefully you're still, still enjoying the plot if not the writing <laughs> I'm persevering, but but it is a difficult one. Um, so yes, that's really how we met. But tell us about the spooky season book you've chosen uh, to recommend to the listeners. Sure. So um, I chose uh, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Now that's so, a very interesting choice. So we've had a previous guest choose that ah. book as well. But please, <laughs> why you've chosen it? Sure. Well, it's a popular book. I'm not surprised it was chosen more than once. Um, so for queer people, the concept of the home can be a bit of a prison. And this is something that Jackson really dials in on. She was really concerned with architecture in the family homes, so suburban landscapes and everything. The description of Hill House is one that is of a, a malevolent architecture and carries a deep, dark family history. Whilst the novel's supernatural elements are never fully confirmed, there remains no shadow of a doubt that the house is charged with a malicious energy one that questions whether the nuclear family really is synonymous with concepts of safety. The book's preoccupation with architecture and making the house a character is what makes the novel not only a queer classic, but like a staple of haunted house subgenre. And it's so wonderful and it's so well written. In it's you get so much out of the writing, as well as you know, the spooky factor as well. Cause I mean, what I what I look for in a horror is haunted house stuff it's the creepiness it's like the dark manor looming over the people on the hilltop it's that the shadowy like jagged edged house that's what I love and to have a queer kind of commentary in a story like that felt really important to me um as a queer person um so uh, yeah that was my choice for um, it's that's yeah. really interesting because you've both chosen the same book for but for different reasons um but considering <laughs> you've both chosen it now I feel like I have to read it because it sounds you great you do I mean I'm an absolute disciple of Shirley Jackson in every way that's exactly that's exactly what the previous guest said she's <laughs> quite prolific she's written quite a few yeah no I've read all of her novels now um like they're all wonderful they really hit uh, they scratch an itch uh that 
that is just really really tantalizing and uh hill house is my is actually not often quoted as a, as the favorite um the the we have always lived uh, in the castle is probably the one that people refer to most as their favorite one but this one is absolutely fine. and not just because of the tv show although the tv well, show is i was going to ask have you seen the netflix adaption absolutely oh my gosh M- mike flanagan is just a genius it's very different though from the book so it's if you've seen i've Hill heard House, that yes Mm. yeah it's very different so they're different like similar character names and there's also a lot of queer stuff in the book in the tv series as well but explicitly Mm. queer stuff um but yeah so uh it's just a wonderful wonderful text and obviously lots was like the director got a lot out of the book via the tv show that's why it's such a rich tv show it's because the book has just got so much to it so uh, interesting i didn't know that well every day is a school day (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) yeah so i definitely feel like i should read shirley jackson um and i i feel like i shouldn't allow you to pick the same book as a previous guest so if you had to give us like a a 30 second sub recommendation which book would you go for oh okay well recently i reread angela carter's uh, the magic toy shop um as part of another read along that i was was running i'm running quite a few at the moment (laughs) and um that similarly deals with like the idea of like the nuclear family and how that can be a bit of a prison as well not quite in a, in a queer coded way but um definitely in a in in the way women in particular uh their role in family as like as daughters as mothers as sisters etc um and it's just so it's really dark and f- fantastical and obviously it's magic toy shop like that just the title alone brings images well I was gonna say when you said the magic toy shop in my head I actually pictured like a Christmas book yes right sure I yeah exactly like Christmas ornaments or something yeah Yeah, it's it's that like it's a weird juxtaposition between uh toys and like handcrafted wooden toys something very innocent and innocuous and this really dark uh anti-patriarchy um gothic book it's just it's wonderful it's probably the one Angela Carter book that I would recommend to read first I think it's the most palatable um she's a divisive author as amazing as she is she's very divisive uh and uh that it's just a wonderful wonderful book so that's probably my se- that's my second one uh, hopefully no one else has recommended that one as well no no one else recommended that okay. one you've called dibs but like I said I will never not be disappointed it's not a Christmas novel <laughs> sure that's fine christmas does happen in the book though so you could call it a christmas film. oh there you go well it's like the eternal <laughs> conversation of it is die hard a christmas movie or just a movie set at christmas uh christmas movie absolutely <laughs> i think you make you make certain film christmas movies like narnia i know santa is in narnia the narnia film uh the line the witch in the wardrobe regardless it is a christmas film in my mind it's because it's cozy and lovely yeah well and I it's snowy. It's the snow yeah it's a snowy backdrop if they had a desert backdrop we probably wouldn't think it was a christmas film. no probably not <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be a strictly summer film <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well on that bombshell that narnia is actually a christmas film you heard it here first uh i will let you get back to whatever you're doing today so thank you so much for coming on and if people have enjoyed hearing your recommendations where can they hear more from you so uh yep i have a bookstagram handle at jimmy underscore eat underscore book um it's almost like a personal instagram at this point the the amount of crap i put on my stories <laughs> but um yeah you can find me there for all my book reviews um and just general 
literature chatter and uh, if anyone and also I'm running lots of uh, reading groups uh, I always do um, it's just a mainstay now so uh, if anyone wants to get interested into some cool read-alongs uh, at any point then yeah uh, my dms are open <laughs> <laughs> well I wouldn't say I felt the woman in white was cool it might get better but I just it, I'm struggling <laughs> with it I'm struggling which is weird hey. because my one of my mum's favorite books is another Wilkie Collins called the moonstone and she loves it yeah. but I'm like yeah the moonstone and the woman in white are the two most quoted uh Wilkie collins books and they're much loved um and i'm excited mm -hmm. to see uh to see why basically so uh yeah thank you so uh, much for having me <laughs> i mean you're very i was gonna say we, we put on a random segue there so apologies to listeners but thank you so much for coming on <laughs> yeah thank you very much <laughs> Thank you so much to Jimmy and Drew for being such wonderful guests. I hope you go out and buy The Haunting of Hill House immediately because I was shocked by the fact they had a whole library of scary books to choose from and they both chose the same book. Hopefully I will, uh, you'll tune back in next week when I'll have another episode, normal programming will resume and I will speak to you then. Have a lovely Halloween. Thank you.